Oh, there we go. Well, good morning, everyone. It seems this morning, or the last couple weeks, I get to demonstrate that we are a mask-friendly environment and uh, for all of us. So let me just highlight this. Last, last week, I was here wearing a mask during this, uh, until I came up to do announcements because, well, my kids weren't feeling good. This week, it's me. I'm getting over stuff. And while I'm feeling pretty good today, the reality is a couple of days ago, I wasn't. And so uh, as a you know, precaution... So, you know, just trying to be considerate of everybody. I'm wearing a mask when I'm not on the platform this morning. And you know what? I'm not going to hang out in the foyer following the service. And I'm not going to be at Chili Cook-Off, which is like the heartbreaking thing. Because I love Chili Cook-Off. But I'm not coming to Chili Cook-Off tonight. So eat. Everybody eat an extra bowl for me, please. Uh, and put a bean into the one that you think I would vote for. But uh, that's, we are a mask-friendly environment. And if for whatever reason you feel like you need to wear a mask, whether it helps you feel more comfortable with being in a large group setting, or maybe like us, you are getting over something or somebody in your household isn't feeling so good, feel comfortable to wear a mask here. No judgment. You are, you know, you will be supported in doing that. Well, over the last couple weeks, we have been looking at how Jesus has been teaching us to pray in what has been known as the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we started by looking at how Jesus teaches us who we get to pray to when he tells us that we can address God as our Heavenly Father. Now, a few days after this message, Michelle says, says to me, hey, have you seen this video? And she showed me a video clip that's making the rounds, and I, I wanted to share it with you today. It's just for a laugh. Why don't we we'll dim the lights and roll it now for you? So it's a bit, right? Like if you uh, go online and you look for a video like this, you will find a few different videos that have the same pre premise where somebody is saying, God's name is Howard, as in Howard be thy name. And in some ways what it does is it illustrates how this word hallowed, that's the pro now you're never going to be able to say the Lord's Prayer properly, but uh, this word hallowed is kind of strange to us. We aren't used to it. It's not a word that we usually use. But we find it in the Lord's Prayer as Jesus' way of reminding us uh, who this God is, who, who tells us that we can call him our Father, who wants to hear from us, this God who loves us and wants to hear from us, is also to be hallowed, or his name is to be considered holy, that we get to connect with the God of the universe, the holy God of the universe, as we pray. Now, from here, we went on and we, talked, we looked at what Jesus has to say about praying for God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done, and how by including this in our prayer, we are connecting with God and His vision for our world. And then last Sunday, Kristen did an excellent job uh, walking us through what does it mean to be praying for our daily bread? What does it mean to be praying for our needs? And in particular, Kristen, I appreciated uh, how you kind of helped us walk through how do we understand what feels like unanswered prayer at times. And so, Kristen, thank you very much for being a part of our teaching time last week. Now, the reality is that nearly everybody prays, at least at one point in time. You know, regardless of whether we call ourselves particularly, would consider ourselves to be particularly religious or not, at some point in our lives, we have likely found ourselves praying, haven't we? You know, maybe we've had something good happen in our lives, and there's a sense of gratitude that just kind of wells up in us, and we find ourselves just saying, thank you. Or maybe we find ourselves just in awe or in wonder at something that's spectacular, and that kind of just fills our souls and bubbles up in us. Or perhaps we, we have these feelings of angst as we look at what's going on in our world and we wonder, how am I supposed to process this? Where is God in this? Like, that kind of like angst groaning is a part of us praying even. Or maybe we find ourselves in the middle of some really hard things and we're looking for help. 
Well, Jesus tells us in this prayer that we are more than welcome to bring all of that with us into our prayer. We can bring all of that in, in, into our conversation with God that we call prayer. Well, this morning we're going to look at something else that is a universal need. See, at some point in time, we are going to wake up, one day we're going to wake up and we're going to realize that our conscience feels burdened by something that we've either done or said or an attitude that we're holding on to, that our conscience feels burdened by that. Or we, we realize that we don't like the grudge that we have as we look at somebody else. We don't like the, that feeling of holding a grudge anymore. And what we are longing for in those moments is to experience forgiveness. And Jesus understands this, and he teaches us to include seeking and granting forgiveness in how we pray. And so the big idea that we're exploring this morning is that we will find peace when we engage in the practices of forgiveness. Now, at the end of our time together this morning, we will pray the Lord's Prayer together once again. But for now, I just encourage us to listen to these words. Jesus says, This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And for those of you who are, have been listening to that the last couple of weeks and saying, but what about the for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, all that, we're going to tag that into next week's message. Um, it'll be just a, fine, a fun little addendum to, that, to what we talk about next week. When I was in my early 20s, one day I walked into uh, the local branch of my bank and I asked to speak with a financial advisor. Now, this was a little different for me because usually when I went into my bank, I didn't talk to anybody. I went in and I used the ATM and I left. But that day, I felt compelled to go talk to somebody because I needed help. See, in my hands that day, I had my credit card statements and I had some bills and I wasn't sure how I was going to pay these things. And I needed help. I need somebody to help me with this. I was overextended and I didn't know where to turn. You know, for many of us, this is the type of scenario that comes to mind when we hear the line in the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Because in our minds, debt equals a negative financial situation. This would have been very much true in Jesus' day, as, the, as it, this word debt literally meant money debt. But the term debt also had a double meaning. It was also being used as a term for sin. And as a result, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus uses it as a metaphor to describe how sin creates a spiritual debt that needs to be settled. Now, in just a few weeks as we approach Easter, our teaching time is going to be focused on looking at some of the different ways that we can understand what Jesus did for us on the cross. And in one of those ways of understanding what Jesus did for us on the cross, uh, it talks about how sin offends God, and as a result, there's a consequence that needs to be paid, and Jesus is the one who pays that consequence for us. Now, personally, I don't like thinking about my sin resulting in a debt that's being owed to God. I don't really like thinking about it that way. But here's the catch. When it comes to those times when other people have offended me, I completely get this way of understanding sin and debt. See, if you were to offend me, there would be something in me that feels like you now owe me something. You owe me my respect. You owe me my dignity. Maybe you owe me my innocence back. I would feel like you owe me some sort of restitution. You owe me. 
And so this is the language that Jesus uses as he teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. That in a sense, sin creates a debt and that by asking for God's forgiveness, we are acknowledging how in our thoughts, our attitudes, our words, and our actions, that we can be offensive to God. And what we are doing is we are seeking that God would not hold these things against us. Now, as Jesus teaches us to pray for forgiveness, he isn't doing so because he wants us to grovel or to beg for mercy in hopes that we might be spared from God's wrath if we just do it right. Rather, we are to keep in mind what Jesus has already taught us about this God who invites us to call him our Father. See, God's disposition towards you, towards me, towards all of us is love. And when we pray, we are expressing our relationship to him. And this includes seeking forgiveness. Because here's the thing. When we allow offenses to pile up and go unresolved, relationships aren't what they could be. We know this. We've experienced this in our human relationships. When offenses pile up, what develops is a sense of disconnectedness and distance in a relationship. And the remedy is to admit where we have gone wrong and to express our determination to do, do, do differently the next time. And so if we want our relationship with God to be all that it could be, that we could experience our relationship with God, you know, that it could be everything that it could possibly be for us and for everybody else that we come in contact with, then we need to listen to what Jesus says about seeking forgiveness being a part of how we pray. Because when we seek forgiveness from God, we find the relationship that we were created to have. Again, we need to keep in mind that God is eager to forgive us. In fact, his eagerness to forgive us is a part of what makes God, God. In Exodus 34, God describes himself to Moses like this. The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. You know, God could have described himself in any number of ways, and yet he chooses to start by talking about his compassion, his grace, his love, his faithfulness, his desire to forgive. This is where God starts. And so when we seek forgiveness, we get to experience this side of who God is, this part of who he is. And when we do that, it changes us. See, the experience of God's forgiveness will help us to have a more accurate understanding of ourselves. And you know what it'll do? It'll positively spill out into our relationships with others. And it will mean, it will result in the fact that we will, have, we will be in tune with God to a much greater degree than we would have been otherwise. And so seeking forgiveness is huge. Now, practically speaking, there, here are three things that we can keep in mind when it comes to seeking forgiveness, when it comes to our relationship with God. The first is that we need to be honest with ourselves. You know, we need to acknowledge that there are things in our life that would constitute sin. That in our hearts and minds, we harbor thoughts and attitudes that aren't pleasing to God about ourselves or aren't pleasing to God about other people. And that in the things that we say and the things that we do, we on occasion or perhaps habitually cross the line. And so we need to engage in the work of being honest and being willing to admit that things aren't as they should be in our lives. And that we want things to be different. That we know things should be different. The second is we need to be honest. Honest with God. 
You know, I don't know about you, but I like to pretend that I have, I like to pretend that my life is all together and it has no wrinkles or creases, that it's perfect the way it is. I want everybody to see that my life is like, looks like this. Everything's smooth and shiny. And sometimes that desire can translate into how I pray. But this sense of pretending that I have it all together doesn't help me have the relationship with God that I want or the relationship with God that I need. Rather, when we are willing to actually get real with God and confess to Him the sins that are happening, the sins that are part of our lives, something happens, something good happens, and we get to experience God's forgiveness and His help to overcome sin in the future. See, a part of, of confession, a part of seeking forgiveness is a genuine desire for things to be different and a willingness for us to pursue change. The third is that we need to accept God's forgiveness. You know, one of the struggles that some of us have is that although we, we can believe that God might want good things to happen in the lives of other people, we can really struggle to internalize that for ourselves. And I think that this can be true as we approach this theme of forgiveness. We might believe that God might be willing to forgive the people sitting beside us this morning, but if you only knew the thoughts going on in my head, if you only knew the things that I had done, you wouldn't want anything to do with me. And you know what? God wouldn't want anything to do with me either. But as Jesus teaches us to seek forgiveness, he's teaching us, he's reminding us that because God is who he is, that we can be assured of forgiveness. This is not a futile teaching. Jesus is not putting it out there just for God to take the, you know, not, not going to forgive you. Jesus is teaching this because God desires to forgive us and we can be assured of that. You know, one of the things that I'm hoping we will do over the course of this series is take what we are learning and allow it to shape how we pray. Well, this week I was practicing praying what we're talking about today, and what came to mind was how judgmental my attitude has become towards certain people in my life. And so as I was confessing this, I had this realization that the reason why I was judging certain folks was because in my mind, they had wronged me. And as a result, I was holding a grudge against them. And this grudge had become the justification for being judgmental. And in this moment, something dawned on me that there is a huge connection here between seeking forgiveness and granting forgiveness. Seeking forgiveness and granting forgiveness go together. In another conversation with his friends, Jesus has asked a practical question about whether there ought to be a limit to how many times we forgive somebody who's wronged us. And in response, Jesus tells a story about a man who has this massive debt forgiven of him, and then he goes out and, and immediately refuses to give any leniency towards somebody who owes him a relatively small amount. And the point of the story is, is, is pretty obvious, that our experience of forgiveness ought to move us to forgive others. And this connection is a part of how Jesus teaches us to pray here in the Lord's Prayer. And that brings us to our second point. That when we grant forgiveness to others, we discover the freedom of what life with God is all about. Now, as we read this line from the Lord's Prayer, it might sound like God's forgiveness is conditional on whether or not we are willing to forgive uh, others or not. And if this is how you read it, uh, you can be forgiven because most of our English translations seem to lean that way. 
But the reality is, and this is where like translation issues become like getting something from Greek to English can be hard, but the reality is, is that it, what is intended here is not that there's a condition that if you forgive, then you will be forgiven, so much as there is a connection between seeking forgiveness and granting forgiveness. That it is insincere to be praying for forgiveness and to be unwilling to forgive others. These things go together. Now, I tend to think that forgiveness is something that many of us think is a good idea, right? It's a good idea. But in practice, it's a lot harder, especially in certain situations with certain people. Because, I mean, given what they did, why would we want to let them off the hook, right? How could we possibly forgive them for how they have harmed us? But let's just consider for a moment what could be at stake. You know, when we don't practice forgiveness, it can negatively affect us. It wears us out emotionally and can make it hard for us to experience things like joy and contentment. It can cause stress and anxiety. It it can result in us being relationally isolated. And not only that, but we know that holding on to our hurts and our grudges can negatively impact both our physical and our mental health. And so in the short run, as, as hard as forgiveness is, and it is, refusing to forgive others can actually do greater damage to us. And I think this is why Jesus includes this in how he teaches us to pray. Because he knows, he knows that forgiving others is beneficial to our well-being. It's good for us. See, forgiveness allows us to release negative emotions and, and bitterness and resentment and to cultivate a more positive outlook on life. Forgiveness helps us find healing and to move forward. Forgiveness fosters humility. It fosters understanding, empathy, and reconciliation. In short, if we want better relationships, and I think most of us do, we need to learn the ways of forgiveness. And lastly, this practice of forgiving others will strengthen our relationship with God. You know, the God who forgives, we will find a connection. As we practice this, we find ourselves increasingly connected to the God who forgives. Now, none of this makes forgiveness easy, okay? Let's just be clear about this. Forgiving others is really, really hard work and can take a really, really long time. And for some of us, it'll take a lifetime. But as we think about what it means to forgive others, here's just a couple things that I'm hoping might be able to help us. The first is we need to acknowledge our hurts. You know, before we can forgive somebody, we need to actually recognize the negative impact that they have had on us and give ourselves permission to feel the emotions that are a result of somebody's actions. To feel the grief, the anger, the betrayal, the the sadness. You know, the thing is, many of us are tempted to to skip this step because it feels, it doesn't feel very nice, and it actually feels like maybe sometimes like we're doing something we shouldn't do, but we need to do it. In fact, if we don't acknowledge the hurt somebody else has caused us, we might never actually be able to move forward and engage forgiveness like we want. Second, we need to decide to forgive. You know, as much as forgiveness includes our emotions, we need to make the conscious decision that we are going to pursue forgiving somebody who's wronged us. Now, this does not mean that we are condoning their actions, but we are deciding to release ourselves from the burden of holding on to resentment. And so we need to decide that we are going to forgive, that we are going to pursue forgiveness. Third, we need to ask for God's help. You know, there's a reason why Jesus includes this in the Lord's Prayer. It's because there's a supernatural element to forgiving others. We need God's help to do this. 
And so as we pray, we are, we are able to process our hurts, uh, the resentment perhaps that we're holding on to, and we are seeking God's help through the Holy Spirit to help us internalize the fact that God loves us and God wants something better for us, and we are asking for His help as we do the hard work of forgiving others. And sometimes what this looks like is us praying something that's pretty honest where we say, God, I'm really hurt right now. I really want to hold on to a grudge, but I know this isn't good for me. I need to forgive them, but I can't do this by myself. Help me, please. Fourth, we need to act with compassion. Again, we need to keep in mind that forgiveness is something that we do as much as something that we feel. In fact, it might take a while before we actually feel forgiveness towards somebody who has wronged us. But in the meantime, we can choose to act out the forgiveness that we're praying for. And we can do this in the ways that we talk, you know, refusing to slander or talk badly about somebody. We can do this in the ways that we act, refusing to retaliate, or perhaps even uh, offering, you know, acting with kindness if we have the opportunity. We can do this in the ways that we think, seeking to, to uh, empathize with the shared humanity that we have with the person who has wronged us. Again, acting this way does not mean that we are condoning or excusing their actions, and it doesn't mean that we're putting ourselves in the situation to be hurt again. But acting with compassion is a powerful tool in the process of forgiveness. You know, most days I will say forgiveness doesn't feel very natural. Almost every day forgiveness doesn't feel natural. What feels natural is to hold a grudge. What feels natural is to refuse to admit that we are wrong. You know, some days it feels more natural to pretend that, you know, we haven't done anything wrong, certainly nothing worth confessing. And we just hope that things will go away. Admitting like, that we are wrong, it feels like weakness and it makes us feel bad about ourselves. And despite many of us knowing better, sometimes there's this little voice in the back of our heads telling us that other people or, or God, if they were to know just how much we screwed up, then we would be rejected. But Jesus here tells us something different. That in the practice of seeking forgiveness, that we will find the life with God that we're longing for. And then there are other days when what feels natural is that desire to hold a grudge. I mean, some days it feels really good to hold a grudge, doesn't it? You know, the idea that somebody owes me something or, I, or that I can feel better than them because of the thing that they did, that feels good. And all this talk about, about, about for granting forgiveness feels that we could be losing something that we feel like we have the right to hold on to. And in some cases, we might be losing something that has begun to define us. But Jesus teaches us that there's something better on the other side of granting forgiveness. Something that will actually bring the healing and wholeness that we are longing for. Again, none of this is going to come easy. Certainly not at first. But the reason Jesus includes this in the Lord's Prayer is that as we regularly seek forgiveness and pray about granting forgiveness, as that becomes a part of how we pray on an ongoing basis, it becomes increasingly more natural to us. It becomes a part of who we are and our relationship with God. It becomes a part of how we understand ourselves. It becomes a part of how we relate to others. We are cultivating the practices of forgiveness that just becomes a part of who we are when we include it in how we pray. 
As we move into our, our time of prayer this morning, I, we're going to include some uh, quiet moments for us to individually respond to how we might be feeling prompted to, uh, to either seek or grant forgiveness, and I encourage you to pray those things in the quietness of your own hearts uh, this morning. And uh, then as we end our time of prayer, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together this morning, and it will be on the back screen uh, if you would appreciate that prompt. Please join me in prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, today we are, are, are grateful for who you are. Lord, that you as the creator of the universe, you care about us. That you are concerned about us. That you want what is best for us. Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you for who you are and that we are just grateful that we get to call you our Father and we get to know you as such. Lord Jesus, thank you. God, this morning as we pray, we recognize that there are a lot of things going on in our lives and in our world that are contrary to the ways of your kingdom and your hopes and dreams for our world and for even for us. Lord, as we pray this morning, we, we ask that you would give us a vision of what your will looks like. And Lord, that your, your love would just captivate our, our, our imaginations, Lord that it would reshape how we think about our own lives, how we think about our relationships, Lord, that it would reshape how we engage the problems that we will encounter this week. Lord, grow in us good things that reflect what your kingdom is all about. Your love, your joy, your peace, your, your faithfulness, your, your, your kindness, your, your, your generosity, Lord. Would these things become increasingly a part of who we are, God? And may we be able to put aside the things that are not from you, the things that would not be honoring to you. Lord, as we encounter the problems that we will face this week, help us to be thinking about what your will would be. God, this morning, as we gather, we acknowledge that for many of us, we have, we have problems that uh, we are facing. Some of us are dealing with health concerns. Some of us are dealing with mental health concerns. Some of us are, are dealing with very complex family situations where there is some deep brokenness. Lord, some of us aren't sure how we're going to pay the bills this week. Some of us are grieving the loss of a loved one. God, this morning as we pray, we lay out all these things that we need, Lord, the things that will help us get through the day. And God, we ask that you would provide for us. And Lord, in those moments when our prayers seem to go unanswered, would you help us to know that you are close, that you have not forgotten us? God, again, thank you for your love. Thank you for your sustaining presence. God, this morning we've been talking about forgiveness. And we acknowledge, Lord, that forgiveness is not easy. It's very humbling, God, to recognize that we have fallen short of what you think is right, Lord, that, that we've often caused harm to ourselves and other people and to our environment and our world in ways that really do disappoint you and break your heart. God, in this moment, we just name a couple of them to you.
God, who we call our Father, we thank you for your love and that your disposition to us is that you love us no matter what we've done. And God, we are grateful that you are eager to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Lord, help us to know that in this moment. God, as we go about our relationships with others, there are some folks in our lives who have caused us harm. And Lord, we're holding a grudge. We're holding on to those hurts. And God, if we're being honest, it's because we feel like we, we deserve it. You know, we deserve to hold on to that grudge because of what they have done to us. We want to hold it against them. We want to feel superior to them. We want to, it is our right. And yet, God, as we reflect on your love for us and the forgiveness you've granted us, we, in this moment, open our hands and we say, God, this is yours. We don't want to hold on to it anymore. We know it's not leading to good places and good things in our life and the lives of others. And God, we need help, for, we need help forgiving because forgiveness is hard. And so again, in this moment, we just name one, two people that we need, know we need to forgive. God, we want to forgive. We really do. Help us, God. Help us to act in forgiveness. Help us to increasingly internalize the, your love, God, and to release that, those, that bitterness and that anger and that resentment. God, allow your forgiveness to take over our lives and to define who we are. God, as we look into the week ahead, we acknowledge that there will be challenges, there will, there will be times when we are tempted to, to, to do what we know isn't right. Lord, would you help us to, would you remind us of what your will is? Would you remind us of what your good is? Would you help us to be strong in the face of temptation? And God, would you deliver us from evil? Lord Jesus, as we conclude our time together, we want to pray the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.